I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. Matthew Perez from the Washington Times is my guest today. Matt, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I was curious before we get started about the game. The offseason has been really good. Uh, Another draft they stacked up. Free agents, by all accounts, have played really well and been active members of the team. Who is getting credit for that right now? I know there's been like some Kyle Smith stuff in the news recently. Is he making those decisions? Is that collaborative? How, how do we know how that works? Yeah, I, I think it is a bit collaborative. I think at the end of the day, I think it is Ron Rivera who has the final say in terms of, you know, final say besides Dan Snyder, of course. But I think it, it, it's his decisions. But, you know, Smith spends obviously a lot of time honing the draft board. I think they rely on that. Um, you know, I, I think Kyle Smith has, has an eye for talent, and I think it helps go a long way. But um, it is a bit collaborative. I just would say that Ron Rivera can have final say of what direction they want to lean. Is he in line for the GM job when the season's over? I know Ron hasn't talked about it, <clears throat> excuse me, but if they don't give him a promotion, I imagine somebody else will. Yeah, you know, it just kind of depends how it shakes out. And, you know, it really just depends on what that GM thing entails because they could technically make him the GM, right? But if he doesn't have final say, like you think back to Scott McLuhan and Bruce Allen, well, Bruce Allen was still the primary decision maker, even though Scott McLuhan was the general manager. So it is, you know, what what good does it do to, to make him GM just in name only? Like, I think he would need a sizable promotion elsewise. But I, I don't think necessarily that Ron Rivera has done anything yet to say that he shouldn't have uh, the final say, you know, like I know the decision, the like the way that it played out in Houston with Bill O'Brien serving in that role was a disaster. But I don't know. I, I think Ron Rivera has kind of built this the right way so far, and you know, I understand the like why people would want to see Kyle Smith as the GM, but I don't know if it needs to happen just yet. To be honest, uh, how long did it take to get used to the switch at the head man for you guys? to kind of read between the lines, if you will, with Rivera. It felt early on like the more we dove into what he was saying, the more it felt like, well, really, we just got to listen to what he's saying because he's probably telling us what he feels. Yeah, you know, it, it was really it, – It's I'm still figuring it out, to be honest. I mean, for a while, like, I would describe him, like, pretty much as a straight shooter. It, it's really hard to tell when he is kind of not exactly – not that he's lying, but, you know, not telling the truth. Like with Jay, it was really, with Jay Gruden, it was really obvious. Like he just wore his emotions on his face so well that like you could tell like, okay, Josh Doxson isn't doing very well in training camp, that sort of stuff. But with Ron Rivera, it, he is a lot more protective of, you know, he's not going to needlessly blast the player through the press or anything like that. And um, he, he just is a lot more like kind of close to the best with that sort of stuff. So it is still trying to figure that out. But yeah, you know, if you do pay attention you'll start to notice things like uh, of the big picture stuff of what they want to build long-term and how things are maybe short examples of things are paying off down the line. So, you know, uh, he, he's great to interact with from a media standpoint. He's a great quote, but yeah, it's still kind of trying to figure out his rhythms and his cadence, so to say. Uh, it's more of a big deal for San Francisco, I guess, as 
Ron said how going to Arizona instead has affected them. When do they leave? Uh, they leave tomorrow. So they'll host practice today and host a short practice tomorrow. And then they'll leave, you know, I think when they went to Arizona the first time, they left on Friday. Um, but they kind of got feedback from some players and even the staff, like, because they're not really allowed to leave the hotel rooms and they just thought it was a little bit too long. So um, yeah, they're, they're going tomorrow instead of um, Friday. Are you going? I'm not, no. Have you been traveling at all to the games this year? I, yeah, I went to New York. I was going to go to Dallas, but with cases going back up, um, I didn't. So I, I might go to Philly if that game matters, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, the other thing that has been quite remarkable this year is the health. Uh, for a team that couldn't stay healthy for as long as I can remember, they have been unbelievably healthy, not just from a COVID standpoint, which I think is more about due diligence, but from an injury report standpoint. What does the report – I know we're recording early today on Friday, so I know there's not much to go, but really there's not really anybody on there, is there? Yeah, no, I mean, Antonio Gibson is the only one who looks like he won't play. I mean, it looks like they're going to get Ryan Anderson back. Morgan Moses and um, Brandon Sheriff are were limited yesterday, but, you know, those guys always play through injuries, it seems like. I would be really shocked if they didn't play. And then David Sharp is maybe a little bit of a concern, too. He has a knee injury. Obviously, their swing tackle, and um, he hasn't practiced. He didn't practice yesterday, and Wednesdays was an estimate, and he wouldn't have practiced then either. So maybe he, he doesn't play, but um, I don't know about that one just yet. The other Antonio came back, right? But he's not going to suit up this week, right? Yeah, so Antonio Gannett Golden, he, they started his clock. They have 21 days to activate him from injured reserve or leave it alone and, and keep him on the list for the rest of the year. But Ron Rivera was saying that um, – you know, they're going to get him back acclimated this week. And then with because it's a short week, they don't want to activate him just yet. So it looks like next week it's a good chance of play. And we talked about this yesterday. I hadn't realized that you told me Bryce Love has missed that window and he'll be done for the year. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of a shame. I mean, he obviously hasn't played since being drafted and just lingering knee trouble. It. Ron Rivera said uh, earlier this year that it's really about how guys respond. You know, it's one thing to practice, but how does their knee feel the next day? How does it do that? And just from all accounts, it doesn't seem like, you know, he's responding well enough after a day's work. And it does seem like kind of a, I don't know if he's ever going to get it back. And there's a large bit of concern there. It's crazy. I went and looked at the uh, timeline. Alex Smith goes down a month before he tears his ACL in that Stanford game. And, well, we, we know what's going on there, but it's just, it's wild. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I don't necessarily blame them for taking a chance on the pick. I mean, sure. talented at college, but, you know, some things like that, like, um, who's the guy from South Carolina, Lattimore, right? Yes, yeah. yeah, 49ers pick. It, it kind of reminds me of that. It's just, you know, really talented college back who just never figured it out. And we'll see. Maybe, maybe there's still some hope, but uh, I don't know. Um, there are going to be a couple of guys in the free agent or not free agent, but when the season ends, that will become free agents. Do we know, we know Ron said before the beginning of this season that he wanted to meet people. It wasn't, do we know when they start doing that? Do we have an idea from his time in Carolina because Sheriff needs a new contract. Ruye needs a contract. I'd suggest Ruye's contract's just as important as Sheriff's is. He's been great. Yeah, I mean, with Sheriff, he's on the franchise tag, so they can't technically negotiate any like extension or anything. 
um, until after the season officially ends. And, you know, I think just from a leverage standpoint, it makes sense for him to hit the market. I'd be really surprised if they reach an extension just because, you know, there, there are teams that are going to want Brandon Sheriff and he's a top five guard. And when those guys hit the market, they're going to get paid. And so maybe Washington will match those type of deals. So they've been really pleased with him. Obviously, there's still some injury concerns of whether he can stay healthy throughout a, a full season. But, you know, he's really important to what they do. And then as for Chase Rullier, remember, they drafted Keith Ishmael. And now I know they haven't played him a lot, but he's that guy that can play center. He can play two guards. He's a little bit smaller than Rullier. You know, he kind of needs to show that he can handle the NFL size. But they really like his versatility. And if I had to guess right now, I mean – uh, I don't know. I, I just think that they're kind of waiting for Ismail to kind of develop further and maybe they just let Rulier walk a little bit similar how they let Spencer Long go a few years ago to play Rulier. So interesting. Uh, Alex Smith is remarkable. There's not enough you can say about the guy. It's obvious that the guys in that locker room fight like hell for that guy. Um, what do they say about just what it's like seeing him put that work in? Yeah, you know, they've just been really, um, like, memorized by, like, by it all season. I mean, I think what guys are saying now is, you know, that they were worried at first that they weren't sure that he was going to be able to do it or, you know, every time he dropped back. But he just has such, like, an influence on them. And, you know, you think of Alex Smith's story and how it's so inspiring and how they would, how maybe that would play out. But I think what really Alex Smith does for them is he calms them down. It's a It's a – stability standpoint it's just you know all right guys this is our situation we have a big win coming off of Pittsburgh and now we have to just refocus with like Alex Smith was saying that they haven't done anything yet and I I just think it's really important to have that type of voice to kind of keep guys humble keep guys grounded Um, and obviously Alex Smith has been in the league for a long time and so um, I, I think it's really helping mentor the younger players and uh, he's playing well and getting the ball to a lot of people so it's really but I mean, I didn't see this coming. <laughs> That's for sure. No. Um, did the did the coaching staff see it though? Do you think that they were hoping all along that they'd get the ball into Eleven's hands and let him do his thing? Uh no, no. I mean, I, I you know, they they gave Jane Haskins every bit of an opportunity, and you know, even even Kyle Allen. Uh, you know, Ron Rivera said if Kyle Allen was healthy, I mean it. It'd be interesting to see how they were, how they would be doing right now if Kyle Allen was still healthy and if he was still playing because you know, Alex Smith three and one as a starter, one last three, and he's played really well. It's it'll make it a for an interesting. I mean, I imagine they'll probably add someone else like in the offseason from like a an age standpoint with Alex Smith, but Kyle Allen is still here. How is that competition going to play out? It, it'll be interesting for sure. So that means you feel that Haskins will not be on this team next year. We were talking earlier about Ron kind of, he has said repeatedly that they think he just needs more time, but he's a young player with an NFL arm. Do you think that it's possible that run Alex Smith out there for another year and really think that Dwayne can develop into a NFL starter? I mean, I don't know. I, uh, that's we're going back to what we were talking about with Rivera, the, the Haskins stuff and like the, the mix, there was a little bit of mixed messaging. It's like, I still don't know how he like truly feels about Haskins or, you know, it's just, uh, 
you know, it's clearly that they weren't pleased with his work ethic. Um, It's still, I could see him returning. I mean, I don't mean to give like a a wish-washy answer, but I could see both scenarios pretty easily. It would help, obviously, if they could keep the quarterback room the same, not having to draft quarterback round one, spend a full offseason adding weapons and depth certainly would be advantageous. Right. Well, if they make the playoffs, they're going to be out of the range of, you know, Justin Fields will be gone, and Zach. Uh, I'd imagine the kid from BYU too would be Zach Wilson. Uh, I think he would probably be out as well. So, um, you know, he'd be drafted by then as well. So, you know, maybe they don't use the first round pick on a quarterback. And um, at that point, I mean, I think that I think Alex Smith has played pretty well to the point where you know, if he's just started for another year, all right, you, you know, live with it and figure it out down the line. Yeah. Um... Crazy to think that a month ago, the NFC East was the laughing stock. It's quite possible that both the Giants and Washington sneak their way into the playoffs. I'm not suggesting that it happens, but uh, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah, I was looking that up the other day, and uh, the New York Times has, like, a really cool kind of, like, playoff machine type thing where you can do it, and then it's, like, it, Washington's wild cards odds are two percent. Like they have to win out every game. You know, if you think of the seventh seed, they're probably going to be nine and seven, and both teams are five and seven. So they'd have to win their last four games straight to even have that be a possibility. But it would be like hilarious from a comedy standpoint of just if both NFC East teams made the playoffs. But I don't. I just don't think that it's going to happen. It feels like Chase Young brings a different juice to this team than we've had in a while. That hmm. maybe. Since LeVar Aronson, I mean, I, I mean, really just a guy that brings that wild dog. What are the rest of the guys in the locker room saying? Not from a skill standpoint, I think we got that, but just from an attitude and juice standpoint. Yeah, it was crazy. that After one of these games, they kind of all blend together, but after one of them, uh, Ryan Kerrigan was saying that uh, they view him as a leader, you know, it's like a rookie and that they feed off his energy and, and you know, Ryan Kerrigan as himself is so respected and a lot of people look to him as the example, but he's kind of said that, you know, Chase Young is our guy and they kind of feed off him. And we've seen the, the, the pregame speeches that Chase Young gives at midfield and I just really respect him. And I think it's really important for, you know, it, it's him, it's Terry McLaurin, the, the young players that they have on this team, not only are they extremely talented, but they set the right example for how guys should like that should work. And so when you have your young core pieces, you know, with that type of work ethic, it's really just a benefit because Washington has had some talent in the past and, you know, they, they haven't had talent just like this, but you know, it, it wasn't, I just don't think it was like uh, as, as um, it didn't rub off on everyone. Like it does like this. Yeah. Well, guys like Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne are more quiet, mm-hmm. keep your head down, hard workers, where some of these new guys have maybe a little bit more flash. Um, I hate to look too far ahead, but with Cam Curl playing so well and DeShazer ever shocking the world at free safety, yeah. what will be the plan with Landon Collins next year? I mean, he's a big money. They're, I don't think they can just move off from that money. I think he said in the past he doesn't have any interest in playing linebackers. So, oh, yeah. I'm what they do there. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. I mean, it'll like, I think it kind of depends on his health too, because if he can't pass a physical, well, then 
does I don't know how much of his contract is guaranteed for injury. I need to look that up. But um, when the deal I remember was initially signed, a lot of people pointed out there was like a two year kind of out in terms of where if they cut bait, then maybe um, you know they they. The, the contract price wouldn't be too bad. I can't, I need to go look at those figures. Um, but I don't know how that changes with the injury. So, you know, that they, they really have found Cam Crow and Deshaeser Everett has been a nice surprise too. I, is Deshaeser Everett a free agent? He might be. I don't I'm not sure on that. Yeah, I'll look that contract up. But, um, but he's been a surprise. Yeah, I, no, I never a, in a million years thought he'd be a quality free safety. I mean, maybe yeah, he, he's been he's just has been like really dependable. And um, oh, no, he's under contract through 2022. So he still has two years left after this year. So, um, you know, he he's been a really nice surprise. And he's just he's a guy that they really like on special teams as well. And he just he keeps he's just a, a like a guy that you kind of want to have around a good backup can play if he needs to but yeah he, he's shown that he's a quality starter right now and um i don't know what they're gonna do with landon collins it really just depends how he recovers from that um achilles tear because that's a serious injury and yeah his game is really uh, predicated on that speed have they still been running everett uh on special teams now that he's been the starter at free safety is he still doing both um, let me check, but I don't believe I just, just dawned on me. Maybe they had taken him off since they rely on him so heavily there in the back end. Yeah, let me um, I'll get you that answer in one second. Why are you looking that up? Who's next up on the running back room? Uh, it'll be Peyton Barber and um, JD McKissick. So you'll have to bring up somebody from the practice squad. Yeah, they, the they promoted uh, Javon Leak, that kid from Maryland. He was an undrafted free agent. They've, he's been on the practice squad for about a month now. I'm, to be honest, I don't know much about him, but, yeah. um, you know, he'll be their third back. And then they added another guy, Michael Hunter, to the practice squad. So they have four running backs, you know, that they could promote or, you know, kind of use. But well, I don't think Hunter can play this week because of COVID protocols. But right. um, it is yeah, – they, uh, they are getting him back to uh, – it'll be Barber and McKissick getting the lion's share. All right, Matthew, we wrap the week up with a little over-under. You ready to play? Sure, yeah, let's do it. All right, let's set the um, touchdown passing for Smith at two and a half. Uh, I'm going to go under there just because even though he's had great yardage games, I don't know if Alex Smith has had a two-touchdown um, two game since. I mean, he has – he only has four in the year, so – um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely go under on two and a half. I mean, yeah, he hasn't had two since taking over a start. He hasn't had he hasn't had two touchdowns in a game yet this season. So, um, yeah, I would go under. Logan Thomas is finally starting to get some action. Will he hit a hundred yards this week? Uh, no, I'll go under. Uh, you know, San Francisco's linebackers are a little bit of a concern, but um, Fred Warner is pretty good and. Um, yeah, I would, I would still go under for that as well. Fred Warner is really good. They've got a <laughs> pair of linebackers out there that can really run. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We've got – it should be the McKissick show, although uh, Ron really likes Barber, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, you know, it'll be – I think in terms of your conventional running plays, short yardage stuff, but, you know, 
he, he's his carries have gone up each of the last three weeks. So, you know, I, I think Barber will be the, the main tailback and then they'll keep McKissick into that kind of like that specialty role where, you know, they'll he'll play McKissick will play more of the snaps, but I would imagine Barber play gets more of the carries. Let's put the receptions for McKissick at eight. At eight. Um, I, you know, I'll go over. <laughs> uh, he had 10 last week. Um, well, we'll go with nine. I'm just going to go just over with that one. Last week was the first time we've really seen somebody attempt to shut Terry down and kind of, do that will this be a back back game for terry let's put that over under at 100 yards i'll go under 100 yards but i do expect them to have a little bit better of a i mean performance san francisco corners have been you know they like to stick everett on the one side and Sherman on the other and you know that's a great uh, tandem there and i think that defense wants to obviously play a lot better than they played against buffalo so um you know, I, I think it'll be less than 100 yards, but I expect him maybe 70 to something in that range. More of a, a standard, typical Terry McCoy performance. I was talking to Matt Barr earlier this week from the Fourth and Goal podcast. I didn't realize this. The right side of that San Francisco line with Compton and McGlitchy not been good. Let's set the sacks this week at four. Um... I'll go push. I'll go exactly four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Incredible to think that nobody has sacked Big Ben since early November. Yeah, he's been – he just has that way to, to move out of the pocket. But what surprised me with that game was they moved him out of the pocket, and normally Ben Roethlisberger has been great outside of it, but he, he really struggled trying to make those throws kind of on the move, and they kept him off balance enough, and that's how the game shifted. So – you got him out of the pocket, and he was pretty uncomfortable, and that's that's how they won that game. They've been good at creating turnovers. Nick Mullins not great. Let's set turnovers at two and a half. No cheating on this one. Um, I'll still go under, just um, but uh, like I would go two. Matthew, how are you feeling about this game? What's what we got to do to pull a win out in Arizona? Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be really close. You know, I know Washington's run defense has been pretty good as of late, but those zone schemes, you look at the way that Cleveland had success. Now I know Moser and Jeff Wilson aren't necessarily Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, but those those type of Shanahan running schemes, like those zone schemes, they're just they're really effective against every team. And Washington struggled with that early on. Um, and so, you know, I was initially leaning San Francisco, but I think I'm still going to stick with Washington, maybe 23-20. I was thinking 24-21 Washington, too, I think. I think this sets up nicely for them. Real quick before we let you go, maybe think, what did Ron say as far as how he likes to handle the game after a huge win? Yeah, yeah no, he, he gathered players at, at midfield yesterday before practice started, just – saying like, hey, don't let this be a lull, pay attention to the details, practice hard. He, he really, he likes guys to be themselves and kind of express themselves, but he wants them to kind of carry themselves a certain way of just, you know, act like you've been there, coach stuff, you know, humility. 
but I think it was really important for them to just kind of focus. They don't want this week to be a letdown and we'll see how it plays out. You know, Shanahan does things that just constantly catch teams off guard and um, he's just a really brilliant play caller. So, you know, if San Francisco wins this game, I won't be surprised by any means and they are getting healthier. So we'll see how it plays out, but it'll be an interesting one for sure. You got anything coming out in the paper this weekend? Uh, no, the Washington Times is a Monday through Friday paper school. So I guess I didn't realize that. Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, yeah, but yeah, you can just follow me and look up for my articles on the website and follow me at tw- on Twitter at, at Matthew underscore Paris. Matthew, we appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me.